Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I'm excited to be here. We get together about twice a week to chew on God's Word and discuss it live while it's recorded and then delivered to you <laughs> after it's been edited <laughs> to, be, uh, to be hopefully an encouragement, maybe a little bit of entertainment, not much, and uh, some challenge to your spiritual walk and, and how you're growing and hopes that you can benefit from what we are uh, benefiting from ourselves in our own lives. And this week we've got Lou Hines, Luthaniel Heindelberg. Yeah, nice. Welcome. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to be here. Familiar with the Heindelberg Catechism? <laughs> I am not. <laughs> well, you wrote it. So, um, Lou, you are the uh, pastor here that is in charge of our worship ministry. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lou. Yep. <laughs> it is tradition for hundreds of years for somebody to bring to this podcast what they are chewing on. I like you can to, see in old scrolls, yeah. written, <laughs> the scrolls you eat, eat the scroll. Yep. Um, but what have you been chewing on lately? Oh, what have I been chewing on, Chris? I, you know, for today's conversation, I thought it would be good and, you know, and maybe beneficial for the listener to, we were just talking about something, mm-hmm. you and I, and, um, and I thought like, oh, let's, let's talk about that in our podcast. And so, um, you know, there's the culture that we live in, there's no shortage of information or, uh, people, um, you know, having podcasts, the irony, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, or YouTube channels, all that kind of stuff. And everyone's uh, got a platform. Everybody has a platform. Um, and something that both you and I share a a frustration in is that we can, and even within um, the Christian subculture create celebrities Mm -hmm. out of pastors, preachers, um, apologists, whatever. And sometimes their personality or their delivery um, can be like harsh Mm -hmm. demeaning. And yet, um, you know, this is something that I felt victim to as a young guy but we can often think, oh, that's what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. And um but and then and then you and I were talking about what does it really mean to be a Christian? It's so mm-hmm. like or what is the well, back up. What is the mark of a mature Christian? Mm-hmm. And so um so within that context, I thought it would be good for us to talk about mm-hmm. what is the mark of maturity for the um for the follower of Christ. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't left a cool action movie or a, a you know sappy romantic uh-huh. comedy and thought I'm going to base my whole personality on that character? Now. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's probably either consciously or, or subconsciously thought that's who I wish I was, and right. you try and like emulate stuff like that. But we are so um, <laughs> driven to emulation, yeah. And uh, perhaps it's a form of worship, but nevertheless, it, mm-hmm. it, it's something that we're wired to do. And and you look at people, like you said, that are successful and doing what you want to do. And then you yeah. say, that's how I do it. Oh, for sure. Like if I go see Fast and the Furious, I'm going to end up driving my 2006 minivan a little bit faster. A little faster. 
You know how many conversations I've had with people where they go, I could do that. And I'm like, no, you literally could not do that. Yeah. Half the stunts they do now, if not more, like that's, that is like, that's CGI. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's doing that. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. The point being, we can do that within the Christian realm too. Mm-hmm. And but I think to way more detriment to our soul. Yeah. And um, the souls of those around us. Yeah. For sure. And one of the things we were talking about, maybe before we get into the marks, yeah, maybe we look at the D marks, the D marks, the unmarks. Yeah, I mean, without dropping names, names, drop the names, Lou. I'm not going to drop Do the it. names. No, drop the names. <laughs> uh, no, just like, um, well, I can give my own personal example, um, and I think I can do this because they made a whole podcast about it. But the rise and fall of of Mars Hill, right? Who's that? That would be Mark Driscoll. <gasps> okay, but I, I, I'll go on the record. I feel a little bad for the guy. Can I say that without? Am I going to pitchforks? Like, yeah, yeah. You can have compassion when you're on top. You're on top. Everybody loves you, and then in the blink of an eye, everything can turn. You can become the ultimate villain. Yeah, I don't think Marvel I think, Universe. Watch out, dude. Yeah, I think. Um, gosh, look at the life of David. Mm-hmm. He was a man after God's own heart. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sean Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, gosh, he slept with a dude's wife and then had the dude murdered. In Not secret. just any dude. That was one of his mighty men. So, you know, like. It's crazy. We're all sinful. We're all capable of doing mm. horrendous things. But, you know, my own personal experience, I was a young, a young guy looking for a, a model and. Mark Driscoll was popular yeah. and he seemed like, and he was, um, very confident, um, bold, bold, yeah. but along with that came a brashness and an abrasiveness and it, and it, um, it affected mm-hmm. how I did ministry and not to a great, not in a great way, not in a positive way. And, um, and it wasn't until seminary and, and seeing other followers of Jesus who were not famous, mm-hmm. um, who were not popular, who I was like, whoa, okay, some lights are going on. Um, and I'm starting to realize that this isn't really the mark of health. And, um, you know, and then reading people like um, Eugene Peterson or Dallas Willard, who are even talking about how we create celebrities within the church and how that is so dangerous. Mm-hmm because we're all sinful, we're all fallible, and that's not the job of a pastor. That is not the job of a preacher to be the celebrity. Right. Well, I think with platforms, at least in our culture, comes a one-upsmanship that Mm -hmm. is really unhealthy. To stay on the headlines, to stay on the news, to stay on trending, you really have to continue to push boundary and then find the next one as fast as you can. Yeah. Because if you're not saying something outrageous enough, then you're not going to keep people's attention. And I think that's how some of these people can really get in trouble is they they allow this persona of bombastic, harsh, blunt. Um, and there are, I think there are times in contexts to express some of that in measure. Yeah. You know, we were talking about, not to jump ahead too much, sure. but, you know, how self, self-discipline self and self-control are fruits of the spirit. Like mm-hmm. this is a, this is a product and mark of maturity. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how much our culture of, keeping attention in the economy there drives people mm-hmm. to go and go and go further than they would have ever imagined when they started out. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And 
you know, how the American church operates. Like if you don't like this church, you can just go to the one yeah. that's just down the street. Mm-hmm. And so the other yeah, does even just within like their own geographic context, it becomes a, a battle of like, Oh man, you, you can fall prey pretty quickly to comparison and like, mm-hmm. you gotta, you know, be hip trendy, whatever. And you can very quickly just from my own viewpoint as a pastor, lose sight of what you are supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Not even as a pastor, but just as a follower of Jesus. Like, yeah. Um, what does that look like? Um, one so. thing I appreciate, uh, shout out to Brett, that we've discussed once or twice in the past is that with the access to the internet that we have, which mm-hmm. is an enormous blessing and a wildly outrageous curse sometimes, yeah. oftentimes, um, we have exposure to all of these things. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder how much it's weighed on your mind thinking how many of these people are comparing me to A, B, and C. Oh, yeah. You know? that are at huge production value mega churches that have just full-time professional musicians <laughs> to, yeah. to pull from, but mm-hmm. we're comparing them to our faithful God honoring local yeah. pastor. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I've, and I've, I've given up on like <laughs> the worship game, the worship comparison game, because mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's for one, there's no way that I, if I, even if I wanted to, to like do kind of stuff that Bethel or Hillsong. Right. And that's kind of become like the, that's, the golden target, yeah. you know, whatever. That's the but, cornerstone of Christian music and worship. Yeah. But, um, but just from like a pastoral perspective, whether you're teaching, uh, whether you're a teaching pastor or whether you're a worship pastor, um, you, yeah, you have the sense of like, and am I being compared? But the fact is like, you listen to John Piper, that's great, but he mm-hmm. doesn't know you. Right. He doesn't, I mean, like, he cares about you on some level, but he's not going to be the one to minister to you week in, week out. No. Um, and like, same with like a worship pastor. My desire is for the people of University Fellowship Church to be edified mm-hmm. through the music and then for the volunteers to find a place where they can serve. Like, so I don't even, and that's, that's them. And I'm, I, this is just like worship ministry philosophy now, but like, I don't even want to take them and put them in a box of like, Oh, you got to sound like Bethel. Like mm-hmm. our people are people and they have unique personalities and giftings. Like let's let them, let's let us be us. And right. frankly, that's one of the reasons why I don't listen to a lot of worship music because I don't want to start comparing myself to a Hillsong yeah. or Bethel because they, they, I mean, their music quality is good, mm-hmm. but that's them. Right. And uh, anyways, so but yes, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. So we've looked at maybe some some toxic runoff mm-hmm. of being in having a platform like that, or emulating guys, yeah. admiring them, and wanting to adopt some of those really rough characteristics and qualities. And then what it looks like, you know, from a from a perspective of somebody who's attending church, comparing their leadership to who they're listening to outside. Yeah. So what what are the marks of true Christian maturity that we should be striving Mm -hmm. for and emulating? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think, well, where we landed on in very simple, simple one, one word is love. Mm -hmm. And I almost hate saying that word because I feel like it's been co-opted by. Oh yeah. Like culture in general. I'm 
when I say love though, I mean like a biblical notion of mm-hmm. love. Um, Maybe wait, give a one, just a brief explanation. Of that. Yeah. I, when I think of biblical love, I think of a love that does what is best for the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that means sacrificing yourself. And we see that in Christ, right? He gave his own life in a very humiliating and painful way so that we could have a life. Um, so that's how I think of love. And there's a whole lot more sure. that could be said in that definition. But so when I think of the, what is the mark of a healthy, mature Christian? I think it's love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see that in, well, like <clears throat> Mark, what am I doing? I have the ribbon here. <laughs> I'm like trying to flip to it. I'm like, I just have, I, I never have a bookmark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, you know, Mark 12, 28, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. That's Jesus with the religious. And he said, uh, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him of all the commandments, which is the most important. And Jesus says, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then the second is this love your neighbor as yourself. There mm-hmm. is no other commandment greater than these. Um, elsewhere you have first John, which he talks a lot about various themes. One of them being love mm-hmm. and first John three verse 11 for this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Um, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Um, uh, and 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 then he goes on verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm reminded of how will they know that we're believers? You yeah. Know? How will they know? Well, they'll know us by our love. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that spawned this idea in my head when I was thinking about it just on my own was, you know, with these people, some of them, you listen to them and you go, Where's, to quote that song, where's the love? <laughs> I hated that. But I get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you've created an environment that is so caustic. And that's something that maybe you can answer for me is, um, in in light of trying to figure out what love isn't, like how are some ways that you see this idea of um, love being misused or misunderstood in the church or in Christian culture? Um, well, are, are you meaning like, okay, where is, where is the relationship between love and truth? Is that kind of what you're getting at? That could be a piece of it. Yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, someone justifies and said, I'm just being loving. Right. Cause I think, well, I don't want to answer my own question, but (laughs) well, (laughs) Here I go. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Go for Here it. I go answer my own question. Um, you know, one of the spectrum, I see love becoming this permissive, um, sure. you know, affirmation of any kind of life and any kind of sin mm-hmm. uh, across the board. You know, we think of some things like affirming specifically, you know, mm-hmm. or just being loving, non-judgmental. I don't want to hurt this person's feeling or speak the truth. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I see well, I'm just being loving used as permission to batter someone. Sure. You know, like I am speaking the truth in love because it's loving, you know, truth hurts. And, and, and so they use that as leverage to say. Like full permission. Yeah. 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 To just kind of go in and beat somebody up. 
And and neither of those, I think, fall into the category of yeah of really seeking flourishing. Yeah. Well, I think a couple things come to mind. The first thing um, I'll say, John's example in First John, of a way to speak the truth, but to do it in love. I mean, he has some pretty harsh things to say. Um, you know, I mean, essentially, oh, where does he? The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. And we, and I'm just like extracting that out. Just like, right. there's like no context. So just, um, uh, don't go too far with that. But yeah. I mean, that's truthful, mm-hmm. but this was a guy who was all about love. Right. Um, and elsewhere he goes on to say that God is love. And so if we want to be like God, that's maturity. Okay. Um, then we need to be loving. So that's one example of speaking the truth in love. And then, but then on the other side, you have, I think it was Charles Spurgeon who always with great fear and trepidation um, brought when he had to correct somebody or rebuke somebody, he took it so seriously because mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that he wasn't going to um, overly hurt or cause like um, undo yeah, mm-hmm. um, side effects. And so, you know, I think that's a good measure. We, as brothers and sisters, we want to help one another, mm-hmm. but there needs to be a gentleness. I think of um, Galatians six. That man, I'm just pulling that. I'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> you Bereans out there might have to like double check my. <laughs> but Galatians six, that um, everything should be done in gentleness, and only those who are gentle. Mm-hmm. Um, of the spirit should do the correction mm-hmm. correcting because man if you're not and you're just like blasting people from the from the pulpit like i don't think that's the work of a pastor right and if you're doing correction like you want to do that in love and in a non-humiliating way mm-hmm. you know um like if i had if if one of my children did something that needed correction. I wouldn't do it in front of a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Like that would be humiliating. Yeah. Or say you dummy. Do. Why'd you do yeah, that? Like that'd be, that wouldn't be loving. Mm-mm. Um, no, it is loving to correct, mm-hmm. but there's a definite way to do it. And I wonder if, if we could be honest with ourselves, which we're not very good at most of the time. <laughs> uh, if you could answer the question, honestly, in the negative, are you getting satisfaction from this? Mm. That that would be from a, being like a brash, yeah. abrasive. Oh, that, there are people who I think enjoy mm-hmm. that, and you know. And anyways, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No. Just as as a barometer check, you know, check yeah. the temperature on. Mm-hmm. Are you doing something sinfully or not? Mm-hmm. Because you totally can be yeah. doing it in a carnal way, where you're going, "Wow, I really showed him." Yeah. You know, I finally got it off my chest. Right. Like, wow, wait a minute. Yeah. This was never about or supposed to be about love or you caring for them, correcting them so that they can flourish, that they can grow in righteousness and honor the Lord. It was you wanted to air your grievances Mm -hmm. and say your peace. Yep. Yeah. So I think, you know, as we probably all of us consume a lot of content, whether Mm -hmm. it be a podcast or YouTube or books. I think a great question to ask ourselves is this generating a love for my brother and sister mm-hmm. um, is this causing me to be more patient more kind more gentle 
with them or is this creating pride is mm-hmm. this creating a one up um, one upmanship is this creating you know um any sort of that arena and if it is maybe you need to stop listening to it or reading it yeah maybe you need to put it down for a bit mm-hmm. um and um because I, I yeah like we talked about i think love is the is the mark and measure of a mature christian mm-hmm and we underestimate how much discernment it really requires to consume as much media as we're consuming. Oh yeah. You know, stuff mm-hmm. is, well, not stuff. The enemy at work in this world is so clever mm-hmm. and we think ourselves far too clever. Yeah. <laughs> we actually are. In, and so you don't always recognize until you go, Oh, I kind of bit that person's head off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw this person. Do the same <laughs> thing. I've been watching. Well, and that's, Oh man. That's getting me on to like another topic of conversation because there is so much content out there that we we don't take the time to discern to think about it. Yeah. We just consume. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we're designed to consume it as quickly as we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even myself, like I've been trying to write by hand rather than just flat out typing because it allows me to like, it forces me to slow down and to think mm-hmm. rather than just like type. And, um, there was a book that I read, um, about that and about how quickly we take in information in the digital age. And he made a very compelling argument for slowing down and allowing your mind to catch up with all that you're intaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Man, I think that's a huge thing for sure. Anyways, that's like whole other, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> podcast maybe that's the next spot i always struggle to find things to talk about you do maybe that's, what that's a about. great one yeah and i think it it can probably be said with authority that if we think that we are not phased by these things we're, we're probably wrong you know mm-hmm. at least if we go okay i know this is going to influence me somehow i'm going to be really thoughtful about it pr- proactive mm-hmm. and critical of what i'm con- consuming then we can we can take some measured and mature approach with it without yeah. it overcoming us. Cause like you said, some of this stuff is good. So you set it down for a while, you know, and then you pick it back up later or, or you come to it with a different perspective and you mm-hmm. say, okay, I like this stuff, but this other stuff I'm going to leave on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some stuff you throw in the dumpster and light it on fire. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we just need some, some space away from it. Um, yeah. To give perspective. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, Cool. I love that. I think that we can all take a lesson from that because none of us are exempt from the amount of content we're consuming and, and we're all tempted to identify these leaders and say, I want to be like that, or I want to adopt that quality. And so take, take some time listener and, and ask yourself, is this person exemplifying the true spiritual marks of maturity, which find their foundation in love and love finds its truest expression in the life and death and resurrection of Christ. We hope you guys have been encouraged by this. Lou, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks Chris. All right, listener, we'll get you on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor and make disciples.